In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Here's a very fascinating statistic I want to share with you. Right now, we read the four records of Jesus' life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And there's a reason why this record of Palm Sunday is recorded by all four, and there's a reason why the church read the recording of all four, but we'll get to that. Matthew, Mark, Luke. If you look at the first three Gospels, a third of their Gospels is entirely focused on the events that will unfold over the next seven days. One third. Like, they were with Jesus for at least a year and a half. At least a third of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all three Gospel accounts, at least a third are entirely focused to record the details in this journey over the next seven days. Like, proportionally, if you're kind of wanting to highlight the events of Jesus' life, it's, it's, it's off. St. John, a first eyewitness, at least half of his gospel is entirely focused to the events, the conversations, the dialogues, everything that unfolded over the next seven days. I said this in the church email this week. This is the week that changed the world. This is the week that changed the world and potentially can change us. Many of you know, if, if you've heard me preach before, I make a big deal that I'm a huge fan of St. John, the evangelist. I love his style of writing. I love his vulnerability. I love his transparency. I love that, like, as a first eyewitness, a young man transcribing everything that he re recorded. His life is just very fascinating as far as his writing style and how much he recorded as being a first eyewitness of, Saint, uh, of Jesus. But something stuck out to me as he recorded the events of Jesus entering into Jerusalem. And I wanted to, to highlight this. I'll get to the icons in a little bit. But we just read this. At first, his disciples, basically he's talking about himself and the 11 other guys. At first, his disciples, including me, John, did not understand all of this. We did not understand why was all the ruckus about Jesus coming into Jerusalem and riding on a dog. Like we, like, we, like, we didn't, like, we didn't understand. Things were not clicking for us. We couldn't connect all the dots why this was happening. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after, only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. So basically, he, now, now as, as Jewish men, these 12 men, Jewish, now they were like, okay, I don't, I don't get it. But then they realized, oh, yeah, I do remember from, from Sunday school at the temple, at the synagogue, I remember we did, we did read about uh, the, the, the prophecy of Zechariah and Ezekiel. Yes, yeah, I, I get it. Now this is all coming together. At first, they did not understand what they were experiencing. It was only after everything unfolded over the next seven days that things began to fit into place. And I want to highlight these two church fathers, St. John Chrysostom and St. Cyril of Alexandria. Uh, both of them are 5th century fathers. And something stuck out to me about their meditation on this verse. <laughs> they have no problem of calling out St. John. They have no problem of saying, St. John is embarrassing himself in what he's recording. He's embarrassing himself by saying, we did not understand what we were experiencing. Like, if you have any doubt as far as the validity of the, of the records of Jesus' life, St. John embarrasses himself. He admits that we did not, I did not understand what was going on. Like, if you're trying to make yourself look good, why would you add that? Just omit this, St. John. Like, why just remove it that you did not understand? Make yourself at least look good. If you know 
that this rabbi, Jesus, transformed the, the world history. If you can understand the real reality that this is the God-man, omit that part, make yourself look good. But St. John records that I did not understand everything that was unfolding. You and me, we get it. We get how everything unfolds over the next seven days. We understand because of what St. John rec recorded and what he experienced. What Matthew, what did he experience as a first eyewitness? What did St. Luke, after doing his comprehensive research, what he recorded? St. Mark, our patron saint, we understand, we get it all. Because St. Mark did his comprehensive research in talking with Peter, who was the first eyewitness, in order to record everything. We get it. We see how everything unfolds. There's no surprise what will happen tomorrow. There's no surprise what will happen next Saturday night. There's no surprise. There's no surprise what happens very early Sunday morning. But as we now we're looking at look, us looking from outside in, as we see the events unfolding, I want to ask you a question. Well, I know the answer, but I'll ask it. Do you respect God? Yes. Maybe people who don't have a spiritual background or even a Christian worldview, they can respect God, maybe out of fear, but they have some type of respect, reverence toward if there really is a guy up there up in the clouds, maybe like, uh, you know, I, I, let me do some good things every now and then so that way he doesn't strike me with lightning. Maybe that's a worldview that you would hear from coworkers and so forth. But I want to ask you this. Do you know him intimately? You respect him, but do you know him? There were tons of people of all ages holding palms and, and, and shouting, yes, victory, independence, this, this is the best. Like now we're, we're, old, we're gonna about to be released from this old regime, we're good. We're about to be set free. And such a wide array of people were coming saying, save us, this is the new king of Israel. No more of the old regime. This is the new king of Israel. They respected him. Why? I can't remember which gospel just pointed out. One of the records record, or pointed out that pe the people that were coming, I, I just realized it, the people that were coming were the same people who just experienced the event of what happened at Lazarus. The same people just experienced, like they, the, the people who came saying, yes, this is the king, man. We saw what you did. That was really cool what you did to Lazarus. That's why we're here. You're, you're legit. You're the real king. They respected him. But they, ended not, they did not end up following him. Actually, you know what? I should not say that. They ended up following him. They ended up following him. Because five days later, they continued to follow him. But their chant was a little bit different. Instead of saying, save us, deliver us, Hosanna, you, you are the king of Israel. You, you are the lineage of David. Like, this is the fruition of the Jewish Bible. You are legit. You are him. You are the God-man. They ended up saying, several days later, crucify him. Enough is enough. So they did follow him. We might believe him. But my question to you and me, do we follow him? Jesus, at least what we know from the records, was very, didn't say much. As he's coming, riding on some skimpy donkey, riding into town, his words were minimal. As he sees everyone giving him this respect. If I were to guess what Jesus was thinking, 
He's probably thinking, him being God, he, he transcends time, so he sees time in a different dimension than us. And he's saying, man, here are people, like, I'm great, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad that they're praising God. I love it. Beautiful words, I, I love it. They're, 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 they're praying the Jewish Bible, I love it. But they won't follow him. You respect him. I don't have to ask that. You respect him. Maybe you won't do certain things out of fear. Maybe you do a couple of bad things, but you want to do a couple of good things just out of fear. Just make sure, you know, you're, we're, we have a good six feet apart distance between us and God, right? We want to make sure that, we, you know, we're not too far, but we're not too close. We want to keep that distance. We respect him. Jesus is asking you on this Palm Sunday, will you follow me? Or are you only going to say, Hosanna? Will you follow me? Or will you just chant these victorious, nice hymns and call it a day and go back to normal tomorrow? Go back to old routines tonight as you're just, just unwinding before the new week. Are you going to go back to, to old habits and to old life and you, now you can check the box, I'm a good boy, I'm a good girl, I went to church today, I went to Palm Sunday. And I stood the whole time. And we checked that box. We respect him. But do we follow him? This is a reflection, not the cross, but the palm. Palm reflects independence, victory. This is a victor in front of us. And they're holding and waving the palms. For us to wave it, we're not declaring independence. We're not declaring victory. We're clearing, I'm going to follow you. My own independence only leads me into darkness. Me doing things my own way only leads to a hole. Still leaves me hungry. But no, I'm holding this palm, knowing I'm going to follow him. I don't want my words just to be on my mouth. I want it to be in my heart. It's a simple message I want to ask you. Will you follow him this week? It was hinted in the Gospels. We see how things unfolded literally within the hour of Jesus entering into Jerusalem. I mean, we like, we like the, the, the happy, nice verses on Instagram that make us feel good, make us feel like we're reading the Bible. But to follow him requires us being uncomfortable. And this is the main reason why people drift away from the centerpiece of Christianity. Because we like the nice fluffy stuff. We like the prosperity stuff. But when it comes to following him, it requires perseverance. Jesus turns left, we will turn left. Jesus turns right, we will turn right. We are with those 12 disciples. We are right with them. We are the 13th disciple walking with Jesus. And we see what Peter says. We see how things unfold. We see how Jesus curses a fig tree. Dude, what do you, gotta, what do you have to do with a fig tree? What's a, what has the fig tree ever done to you? We're with Jesus as we see this unfold tomorrow. We're, 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 we're right next to Judas, and we get Judas. Don't bash him. Please do not bash Judas. I have, I have respect for him because I understand where he's coming from, but he lost hope. That's the difference between me and him. He lost hope, but I get it. I get how deception can, can take control of us and allow us to, to lead a second life and put on a nice, yeah, sure, Jesus, I'll kiss you. Thank God, this is great. Thank you, Jesus. For... It's easy to do all that. So I get Judas. 
as we walk with him. He turns, we turn, and we don't just sit there passively. We say, yours is the power, yours is the glory, yours is majesty forever, amen. Emmanuel is our God and he is our king. We continue to walk. We say, my good savior. We continue to walk and we say, the Lord is my strength and my praise. He has become to me salvation himself through the person, through this Godman, through the king of Israel. You respect him. You respect him. We're past that. But do you want to follow him? Your right reflex, at least for me, my reflex, yeah, I follow him. You don't see what I do as far as my quiet time in the morning? You don't see how I serve him? You don't see, of course I, of course I respect him, of course I follow him. I want you to assess one aspect of your life where you can admit to God that you do not follow him. There is a dark aspect of our life in which we intentionally do not want him to ride into that part of our life. We want him to ride into other parts. But finances, no, Jesus, you can stay there on the colt, just chill, but don't come in. There's some aspect of our life where we tell Jesus, sit on the donkey and don't move. We like to do that. There's some aspects of our life where we like to do that. What aspect of your life do you justify to tell Jesus, sit on the donkey, good, yeah, but we'll see you on Easter. We like to do that. What aspect of your life do you respect him? I respect him, but I don't want him to come in. If you're wanting this resurrection to be different than last year, and already this is already different than last year for sure, but if you're wanting this to not just be a, a celebration, but death and resurrection within you, it requires not to respect him. Actually, it doesn't even require you to believe him. It doesn't stop at that. It requires you to follow him. Believe him is one thing, but he's asking so much more than to believe. He's asking you and me to follow. I came across this beautiful quote by, by a church father, and I want to share this with you. His name is St. Ephraim, the Syrian. He said this. If you give all your life to the earth, the earth will give you a tomb. If I give all my life to my retirement plan, to the next big trip, to you know, my kids having activities eight days a week, if I go all into the earth, and go all into that, and just busy, 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 busy. What's the next thing on the calendar? If I go all into the earth, and trying to get that promotion, trying to, 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 to move forward, if I drench myself into the earth, fabulous. There is an easy scientific transaction that will occur. The earth will give you a tomb, and then people will probably say nice things about you at the end. I've never been to a funeral where somebody says something bad about somebody. So if somebody will say something nice about you, I guarantee you. If you go all into the earth, the earth, this is the transaction that the earth will give you. But if you give your life to heaven, heaven will give you a majestic throne. You give your life to the noise and busyness and on the rush, life on earth, this temporal world, I get it. I'm with you. There's no surprise what will happen. But if you give your marriage, you give your struggles, you give your gifts, you give your finances, you give your energy, you give your hunger, which you're hungry now. You give that to God. You give that to heaven. Heaven, which came down to earth through Jesus. A throne awaits you and me. Where do we want our eyes to be on the next six days? 
Where do we want our eyes to be? You respect him. You believe him. Great. I'm proud of you. So much more awaits us. I'm sure those people, if I kind of add the, the, the four records we have of Palm Sunday, Hosanna in the highest, you are the king of Israel. Bye, Jesus. And then move on to busy life. Move on to the next thing. Try to find the next superhero to do cool events or raise the next person from the dead. And then they ended up catching Jesus again on Friday, crucify him, crucify him. Believe him? Good. I want you to follow him. And yes, your answer, do you follow him? Yes, perfect, great, love it. I love the Saint school answer. It is true for you. But I want you to pray for the next 30 minutes. Where am I saying, Hosanna in the highest? Where am I waiting for this king of Israel sitting on a donkey to enter into what aspect of my life? I want you to surrender that aspect. I want you to surrender that aspect of your life in which you are intentionally, strategically, not allowing Jesus to come into that aspect of your life. And I promise you, darkness is telling you, well, I'm good at these aspects of my life, but not this. So, so what's the big deal with this, this aspect of my life? Not this? So I, I'm, I'm 8 out of 10. There's two aspects of my life where I don't need him to enter. But come on, 8 out of 10, that's, that's passing. That's 80%. I'll take it. What aspect of your life in which you tell Jesus, sit on the donkey, don't enter? But if life is, if you want the fullness of life, if you want heaven, if you want a throne, it requires us to surrender. He awaits. He's sitting outside our heart. I yearn to come in. But you closed your eyes. You've closed your heart to me. You feel like you have victory by holding your own palm. You feel like you have independence on your own. But if we're wanting life change, if we're wanting this week to be transformational, it requires us to assess where do I need to follow him? To him be all the glory forever and ever. Amen.